morning, City Church. This is Harrison, bringing you a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. In February, we moved from the fan to a home south of the river. Now my daily commute takes me over the Huguenot Bridge. As such, I am keenly aware of the state of the James. Not infrequently, I find myself driving over the bridge, peering out over the river, and conjuring up a voice of one of the farmers that I grew up around, thinking to myself, River's high today. Higher than it was yesterday. Except for the all-too-occasional sewage runoff, the river's height is solely dependent on factors outside of the reach of man, things like rain and melting snow. And though I've seen the James get pretty low, it never fails to fill back up. It's a reminder of what we read in today's lectionary from Psalm 65. Starting in verse 9, it reads, You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Now, lest we think this is a bit of pre-scientific naivety as to how the environment works, it's helpful to consider the context of the psalm. Verses 1 to 4 make it clear that the psalmist is writing this in gratitude to God for him delivering the Israelites from some sort of famine that they had brought onto themselves by their sin. Scholars think of two different occasions. Uh, the first is a time recorded in Isaiah 36 to 37 when the Assyrian army was threatening to invade Israel. But having prayed for God's deliverance, he not only turns back the Assyrians, but he tells the Israelites not to work the fields for two years and only eat what he provides. Like described in Psalm 65, he provides for them abundantly. Another instance could have been the situation found in 2 Samuel 21, in which a three-year famine was ended, not by the cunning of the Israelites, but by prayer. Both cases correlate with what we find in the second section of the psalm, verses 5 to 8. God responds to the cries of his people. Of course, the apex of the psalm is the third section, a part of which I just read. God doesn't just deliver. He delivers... Uh, he delivers radically and lavishly provides for his people. As the psalmist writes in verse 11, that year was crowned with the bounty of God. Now, this has played out time and time again throughout history, but now with so much economic uncertainty, it's good to remember this afresh. God cares for us, his people. He hears our prayers for help. And in his own time, he'll provide abundantly for us. This runs counter to the scarcity mindset that dominates so much of our thinking, making us think that we need to hoard and worry about providing for ourselves because who knows whether God will actually come through. I think one of the ways that we can exercise our trust in God's provision is to give lavishly to others who are in need because this runs opposite to the scarcity mindset. It's born from a mindset that has the conviction that God will give us exactly what we need so then we can freely and abundantly give to others. So let me ask you this. Who might you surprise today with an abundant gift, knowing that the river of God is full of water and that it will never run dry for you? Until tomorrow, stay well and do good.